Hello and welcome to the Be Better Podcast. I'm your host, Clarissa Parody, and here at the Be Better Podcast, we believe that in every area of your life, there is more potential to tap into and that it is completely possible and available for you to get better at virtually everything. So if you want to live a little better, sleep a little better, perform a little better, breathe a little better, this is the place for you. We are so excited to have you join us. It's a great day to change your life. Let's go. Hello, hello. My name is Clarissa Parody. I am your host. Welcome to the Be Better podcast. We are going to spend this year looking at ways, places, people, things, modalities, perceptions, ideologies that will bring us forward, that will have us be a little better in every area of our life. And this has finally gotten the proper kick in the tush. the insane amount of guidance, nudges, pushes, and pulls to make this come to fruition. So we're here and we're doing it. This started out like most things, like an idea. It was nothing. This was just floating in the ether. It came across my brain once, twice, three, a thousand times, give or take. And what I came to realize is that ideas are nice and ideas do not match execution. (laughs) You need ideas. Of course you need ideas. And I love ideas. I love generating. And usually I can get things done. But for whatever reason, likely personal resistance, internal resistance, I just wasn't making moves. I wasn't making the moves I needed to do. I wasn't taking the actions that needed to be taken to move this forward. And what a silly, silly thing to do. It was crazy timing. (laughs) My girlfriend sent me, of all things, an inspirational TikTok where the gentleman was talking about, you know, you probably do a lot of things. You probably, if if your job is shoveling snow and your boss says shovel the snow, you shovel the snow. And if you were supposed to do something for your job to fulfill the expectation, you would do it because it's your job. But when you set a goal for yourself, like on Friday, I'm going to X and you don't do it, why is that? And he suggested it's that you don't respect yourself. And I said, huh, I don't <laughs> I don't know if I agree with it, but I also don't want it to be remotely true that I don't respect myself and I, that I lack integrity with my words to myself because my word to myself has to matter too. It absolutely has to matter too. And so thank you for the swift kick in the butt. And this is getting a move on. And it also is what's going to fuel the topic for today, which is goals and decisions. Uh, It's going to be high level, but it's timely. There's many people navigating, swimming through, deciding on New Year's resolutions or if they even should decide. Oh my, can we talk about the drama around New Year's resolutions? Wow. I did not realize there's some people who were so tremendously polarized either way. I just did not know. I personally am not confined to New Year's resolutions. (laughs) I'll make a goal in the middle of the year. I'm not limited by time in that way. If I decide I want to do something, I do it. And that is actually where this comes from. So we're going to let this unfold organically. We're going to let it be what it is. And we're going to see what magic comes through. I've got notes so that I (laughs) stay relatively on track for you. I love a good tangent. And I also love tangents that are valuable. So hence why the notes are there to bring me back in and keep us moving forward. Before we dive in, I want you to know that I love ideas. And now that I'm executing more on my own ideas, I would also love your ideas. So if you have ideas for potential guests, topics, things you want covered, ideas, questions you'd love uh, discussed, because sometimes 
Questions don't have answers. They have dialogues. So let's get in the world of logos. Let's have that ability to have this be as interactive as possible. And let's solve some curiosities and move forward one step at a time together. Okay. Oi, decisions and resolutions. So, you know, resolutions, when you resolve to do something, Resolve is such a tremendously powerful word. And we're going to visit my good friend Miriam Webster and we're going to define resolve because I love a good definition. I also get tremendously upset by definitions if they don't work for me. Um, So the essential meaning of resolve is to find an answer or solution to something, to settle or to solve something, to make a definite and serious decision about something, which is largely what New Year's resolutions center on. Like she resolves to quit smoking. He resolved that he would start dating again and or to make a formal decision about something usually by vote. So we're going to focus on definition number two, to make a definite and and serious decision to do something because that is beyond powerful. And I think in the world of decision making, when you make a decision, it should be you are resolved to do it. I say should. It could be that you are resolved to do it because if the de- if you are in resolve for it or if you're in resolution for it and it's serious and it's committed, imagine the difference between the outcomes of that decision, a resolved movement versus a decision that's kind of loose and sloppy. I think I kind of want to lose weight this year. I'm going to I'm going to try. Like there's just <laughs> such a different, I, I use lose weight because that is well, what the most singularly common New Year's resolution, losing weight, quitting smoking, earning more money, maybe organizing your spice cabinet, whatever it may be for you. Um, but we, when we make a serious and committed decision, things move and you get into action. And sometimes the decisions we make are are powerful and and scary and larger than life. I've made decisions where I did not know how on earth I was ever going to get to the finish line. How? Like things I have never done. And I was like, nah, I don't even know if that's possible, but I've decided to do it. And if I had known in that moment what it would take to get to that finish line, I probably would have been like, I don't know, man, maybe that's a pass for me. I'm, <laughs> I'm feeling confronted by that. I'm not sure if I have the endurance or the stamina. I don't know if I'm a paragon of perseverance. Perhaps I should just step aside because sometimes you don't know your own strength. You don't know your own fortitude. You don't know how much grit you can have or how much resolve you can muster in order to get to that finish line. And in that world, different things happen. So making those big decisions or what feels like a big decision can be all that's needed to spark a complete shift in your trajectory. A decision can also be a two millimeter shift. Like what incrementally am I going to do better now? If you are, what is a thing? Perhaps you drink four liters of soda or pop a day. Maybe your incremental decision is I'm going to take it down to two liters a day. Sometimes quitting cold turkey doesn't work for everyone. But when you show yourself that you can in any capacity, It's a win and it confirms for yourself, even at a neurological level, you start rewiring yourself of what is actually possible for you. And when you start rewiring yourself for what is actually possible for you, you can start to see in the world what else is possible for you. 
It is absolutely fascinating. It is fascinating because if I want you to think about a time you look, you can look back on that decision and say, wow, I can't even believe I decided to do that. I can't believe I agreed to do that. I can't believe I finished it. Like, and it was so much harder than I thought it was going to be. And yet I still did it. Or when you make a decision and you are like, man, I'm expecting this to be super hard. This is going to be tough. I don't know if I can do it. And then you go through it and you you finish and you think, wow, that was significantly easier than I was anticipating. Why on earth did I ever think it was so impossible, so unchartable, something that wasn't doable? And let me tell you, more things are doable than you think they are. And if we went simply based on what we think is possible, there's so much that wouldn't happen. Possibility can be revealed to us, but our predictability of what is possible often can fail us. <laughs> I mean, not everyone, but there's there's a lot of things that I was that is not possible. And then it worked out. It got completed. The results were incredible. So consider that we don't always have the best predictability of what is possible, what is achievable. So there's that number one tangent. Okay, let's go back to those notes. So in that world of what is possible, that potential, one thing that we we know is that we don't always tap into all of that which is possible for us. We There's a very strong chance that you haven't maxed out your absolute experience of everything in this world. And that deserves a podcast episode of its own. However, in the world of goals, sometimes it's really fun and it and it's great to play with the idea of like what if I could do something like if I could have fun with it and if I could have a goal what would it be if I could do something and show up differently what would I do how would I show up I took on fun I love having fun for those of you who've been following me for a while now you'll know in my past I was um (laughs) coach to have less fun be less fun Suck up that positivity. No one wants to be around it. And here's a fun little fact. People do like being around it. And the people who don't, they self-eliminate. And I can still get wild, crazy results, have tremendous amount of success in the world of positivity. And if you don't like it, you can go over there and be miserable and do results your way. That's okay. That's fine. Not a problem. So if I listened to what that person believed was possible in the world of success and how I needed to show up, I wouldn't have played with the idea that I could have fun. So I made the decision, the decision to play by my own rules and have fun. And guess what? <laughs> it worked out. It worked out. I, I sat in fear for a long time thinking, you know, there's a very good chance that she's completely right. That that fun isn't isn't remotely available in this industry, in the workplace. And no one's going to take me seriously. I could have believed that, but I decided not to. I said, well, maybe that's true for her, but it doesn't have to be true for you. So what what do you believe is true for you? What ca- If you could have it be true for you, what would be true for you? How would it just work out? How would it, how would it unfold for you? That is... That can be the beginning in playing with decisions that you've yet to make, like the podcast you haven't started, the YouTube channel you haven't done, the business you haven't created, the thing you just won't talk about selling even though you have it in stock because for whatever reason you don't want to talk about it. 
crazy times. No, no, no. Do it now. Do it now. Do it now. Three, two, one, go. Three seconds of courage. Deep breath in. Exhale, three, two, one, and and do something about it. This is where I also looked up the word decision. (laughs) And Miriam Webster, oh man, I got angry. Oh boy, I got angry. The dictionary definition, as per Miriam Webster, since 1828, defines the first definition of decision as a choice that you make about something after thinking about it. The result of deciding. First of all, does anyone else get super, like, what the heck is going on when people use the word they're defining in the definition? I, wow. Just imagine, imagine if you were learning English and you look up the word decision and it says, the result of deciding. You're going to now have to look up deciding. This is, okay, I get it. It's a verb. Got it. Cool. I mean, decision isn't, but deciding is a transitive, I think, verb. What I don't like about this definition, aside from the fact that it uses deciding in it, is a choice you make about something after thinking about it. I have absolutely made decisions with minimal thought. The only thought that happened was like, hey, I want, pick your thing, ice cream, bubble gum, go to to do my master's in leadership. I want a bouquet of flowers. You don't need ample consideration in order to make a decision. Now, there are certain times in, in places, and you get to use discernment for this, where ample consideration would be in your favor. However, I don't know about you, I know I can talk myself in and out of any decision <laughs> that I have. And with enough consideration, I can really get myself into the world of confusion and indecision because I sit there and I'm going, here's the reasons yes, and I kind of rock myself forward and here's the reasons no, and I rock myself backwards. And then I rock myself back and forwards. Yes, no, yes, no, yes, no. And somehow that back and forth, although paralyzing, is also kind of soothing because I've, I, I've thought about it all. I've really laid out the potential systemic impact and unintended consequences. And look at how I've thought about this. There's reasons to say yes, and there's reasons to say no. And that is just not helpful. That is not helpful. Once I have the yes, no, yes, no, and I get into all of a sudden that rocking motion that kind of feels soothing, but also simultaneously paralyzing, you know what, where I end up often is stuck. I end up in the land of stuck and lack of decision-making, lack of action. Instead, I sit in the world of thought and thoughts are nice, but thoughts don't move me forward all the time. I need them, but they're part of the equation. They're not the full equation. They're part of the equation. They're not the full equation. So in the world of stuck, we start perceiving that it's actually true that we are stuck. And we can feel that that is so true because the yes is almost a yes and the no is almost a no. And we flounder there that all of a sudden we do nothing for years. And 10 years later, we find ourselves still not having done the thing we said we wanted to do, learn the violin, travel through Europe, quit the job and start selling or breeding your show dogs, whatever it may be. And you've done nothing. The time has passed, but you have spent time instead, spent time, used time, passed the time with the thoughts of yes and no. What? I, if anyone else has a thing like me, I have this thing around time where I don't 
have a ton of patience for it being wasted. Uh, and I'm also tremendously skilled at thinking yes, no, and wasting it. So I am both my greatest advocate and my absolute worst enemy. And in moments, I can make decisions because for the sake of harnessing time and leveraging my re- leveraging it as a resource. And I can also find myself wasting a ton of time thinking things through. Things to consider. Things to consider. Um, boop. Okay. So de- we're going to go back to that d- uh, definition of decision. The result of deciding. So if we are to look up the verb to decide, anything that ends in I-D-E generally means to cut off, to end, to terminate in some way. And so if you look up the transitive verb to decide, it is to make a final choice or judgment about, to select as a course of action, and to infer on the basis of evidence, aka to conclude. So in the world of decision, it is moving forward with something, moving forward with something. And when we choose to move forward with something, we're like, this is the final judgment or decision, things start to align. One of my favorite stories of my decision making (laughs) came from when I was in grade six. So this is 20 plus years ago. And I knew I wanted to go to this specialized school. There was a school that offered a very particular type of curriculum and programming. It was a fine arts and performing arts school. And check that box. That was absolutely for me at the time. And it also had a tremendously strong academic program. Check that box. That was for me. And I wanted to go so badly. And I also knew that it was outside of my neighborhood schooling district. And I also knew that versus a five-minute walk to school, it would be a 45-minute bus ride. And being, I don't know, under five feet (laughs) in grade seven. And like, I was a pretty small critter uh, in terms of stature. And having me sent to the center of the city where there are so many more people and so many more hazards and so many more, well, both good and bad opportunities. My parents, I knew, were going to be possible obstacles for me. And yet, with absolute certainty, I knew I, w- I wanted to go to the school. And so when I decided, when I'd heard about the school, when I heard about the opportunity and I was, I knew, like I knew, like I knew, and I knew I was going, that w- there was no other option, there was no other way, that was absolutely the, pa- the course for me. And despite making that decision, having that tremendous amount of certainty, I also know I, I bumped up against things. And what kept me going through was the absolute decision, the certainty of how can I get there? How, what next? What next? What next? And I didn't always know. So I found out about the school and I'm like, okay, well, the first thing I have to do is what? Tell my parents. And nerve wracking. That was for sure nerve wracking. And I, they were protective. There was lots of rules in my house and <laughs> uh, we didn't have great communication as a family. It was very tumultuous. And I found myself saying, well, it doesn't matter because I'm going to go. Well, it doesn't matter because I I have to do it because this is the only way to get there. And so I get there and I tell my parents about it. And then they ask why I want to go. And I'm, I don't know, bleeding with passion, completely trying to convey the reasons why I think this will make a tremendous difference in my life and why I absolutely need to go there. And then there's the application process and the audition process and all of these other things, obstacles, 
hindrances they asked for grades and transcripts and I'm like I'm an A plus student it wasn't a big deal um or at least an A student but terrified that somehow it could go wrong they wouldn't get in place what if it wasn't signed properly like making sure my attention to detail in grade six was like do not mess this up do not mess this up and I just kept going because I knew so firmly what my decision was that it didn't really matter what came up against what what sorry what I came up against because it was absolutely clear that no matter what I was moving forward with this. This happened with my master's degree. This happened with the jobs I wanted. I just know when I've decided. And there are other areas in life where I struggle to decide. And if you find yourself in a place where you're struggling to decide, sometimes you have to ask yourself, well, what has me struggling to decide? And so if I, I look at a couple areas of my life, I'm like, okay, in the world of picket finances, your love life, your business. What has me not deciding? Okay, so it's your love life. You're like, well, if I choose to pursue dating again, what happens to me? Or if I choose to divorce or if I choose to marry, what happens to me? What what are the impacts? Am I giving something up? Am I losing something? And often when you hear those words, what's that what's actually being discussed, what's being raised a flag is is I'm I'm scared of something. I have some fear around here. And so it's just undealt with fear. You can actually handle fear. Fear is handleable once you identify it. But if it's in the background and you don't have a light on it, it's just going to remain in the dark. And things in the dark, let me tell you, are much scarier than things in the light. So asking yourself, okay, well, what has me not making the decision? When you look at what it is, it's like, okay, that, that fear, is it really true that I'm destined to fail in my business, my marriage, Am I destined to fail for this? Okay, that's not true. So there is hope. And this isn't to tell you to be reckless and like go play penny stocks or whatever. I mean, if you know how and you want to, by all means. But it's to suggest that sometimes we're more in inaction than we are in action. So really identifying those things that are getting in your way and stopping you from taking what could be considered massive action. Massive action doesn't mean you overturn everything. Massive action means you're overcoming a feeling that has you not, or an obstacle in some way, shape, or form that has you not doing the thing. Oh, I haven't quit my job because it's a family business and I don't want to disappoint my dad. Wouldn't your dad also be really proud if you took on something else that's bigger and possible? Wouldn't your dad be thrilled? And maybe not. But what else is available for that possibility? for that decision to be made and it getting you into the world of thinking creatively and not getting stuck in that one way because stuck is so often a perception. I will say it again. I said it before. Stuck is often a perception. There is always a way out and often the way out is through. That does mean you need to move through some things. It does mean you need to go and either think through things or decide they're meaningless and blow past them. But it does mean you have to go and do something. You have to go and do something. You could sign up for a marathon, go to the beginning of the start line, cross it, and be like, man, you know, what I really want to do is just be able to say say that I got to the end. And you could just take a little golf cart and zip all the way to the end. But is that really what you signed up for? You you probably signed up for the journey. You probably knew there was going to be tough moments. You probably knew there was going to be a hill that felt like death. There's probably a time where you're going to be like, man, I just need a banana and my potassium is low. So the going through it is as much of an important piece to this as the getting to the end. And so often we want to get to the end 
and forget the middle, but the decision of the how or the decision of the what, which was finish my marathon, we knew there was a process to get there. So if you think of everything as if it was an athletic endeavor, that there's a process to get to the end, whether you're a high jumper and you need to physically launch yourself in the air over a pole, you don't just end up on the other side. You take action to get there. All of these things start as ideas and what takes them from nothing to something is decision and decision is an action. And the decision to do it is the first action, even though it may not feel like an action. And the next thing you need to ask yourself is what is my next step? What would be one step that would take me towards my goal, my pursuit? And so that could be as simple as I need to make a phone call and get some insight, some advice, find someone who's smarter than me, someone who's gone through this and learn from them. What else could I do I need to do? Oh, I need to open a business banking account. What else do I need to do? Oh, I want to start dating, possibly fall in love. Maybe you need to tell your friends you're open to dating. Maybe you need to consider a dating app. Whatever it is, you will find those steps are revealed to you. But if your goal is there and you've made a decision, but in that time you've done very little or no action, you haven't done your part. You haven't done your part. I mean, it could just show up, but let the, let it align for you. Let it come through for you. So by virtue of you making a decision and taking some kind of action and in that action, it might feel big, but know that there are so many times, how many times have you made a decision and you're like, you are worried this is going to be so hard and you sit there and you're you like, I can't believe I made this decision. I agreed to sign up for this. Oh my gosh. What was I thinking? I am, wow, that was a mistake. This is going to be really hard only for you to get to the end of the decision and hit your final, your mark, hit the end, hit the what, hit hit the what you were reaching for. And you find yourself being surprised that it was easier than you expected it to be. You're like, wow, huh, strange. <laughs> that, that turned out not so bad. That That didn't go as terribly as I was expecting it to be. I didn't, I thought it would require more of me. And then there's other decisions we make. We're like, this is going to be exciting. I can't wait to do this. Whoa, I am pumped. And you are you are just bludgeoned <laughs> by the experience, but you're so convicted to the the what that you are able to stay the course despite the adversity. So both of those can happen either way, but the, the singular difference is that you made the decision and you took action towards it. An example of where it worked out way easier for me than expected was I decided I was going to start consulting and I had done this. I just finished my master's and I was like, how am I going to do this? <laughs> I have literally no idea. And I just decided and I was like, well, I think I'm going to, I'm going to just tell people I really enjoy doing this. And out of absolutely nowhere, dropping down from the sky, people were like, oh, I heard you're interested in doing this. Hey, would you come run our strap hunting session? Hey, would you come do a workshop for us? Hey, I heard you do seminars. And that felt way easier than expected. Now, I signed up for my master's. I can remember being like, whoa, this is absolutely the program for me. There's no question. I am destined for this program. I'm built. This was built for me. I am built for this program. There's not a doubt in my mind that I want to do this. I know in my heart of hearts that I want to do this. I apply. I get in. I don't even know how I got in. It was a bloody miracle. And then, and then I go through what I will call the biggest test of grit and endurance I have had. <laughs> probably my professional life, possibly ever. And it had me working full time, which I agreed to do, and reading 30 hours a week 
and trying to manage your relationship. Oh, and then having a near-death experience twice in two days. Oh, and then taking three and a half months off of work to try to recover, pausing my master's for a year and a half, trying to get back into it, losing my original sponsor simply due to timing, finding a new sponsor, needing a new thesis supervisor. It was just I looked at my aunt one day who has a master's degree. So I was like, go, I went to an expert, right? And I said, I don't know if I can do this. She's like, of course you can. Like you just, of course you can. It's something completely figure outable. You just feel out of practice, out of step. Like you just need to do this one piece at a time. And what's your very next thing you need to do? And I'm like, I don't know, everything's wrong. I need a new supervisor. My topic's been destroyed. I have nothing. I feel like I don't even know how to write anymore because I haven't been practicing and I don't understand how to do statistics and life is so hard and what I don't even... And, you know, just in the world of overwhelm and suffering, which was totally unnecessary. And she's like, what's the next thing? I was like, okay, fine, find a supervisor. (laughs) And so I did. And the supervisor, bless his soul, what an incredible human. He was absolutely amazing to work with. And absolutely had me going step by step and had me keep going. And his biggest sentence to me on repeat was onwards and upwards. It's okay. Onwards and upwards. We got this. Great. This looks great. Onwards and upwards. And I was like, okay, even when it's great, there's other things I can do to move onwards and upwards. So even though I feel like I'm that much closer and high five to me, I did so great. Like, great. That was great. And what else is possible? So there's tremendous amount of learning in there. And had I known what it would take to finish my master's, had I known I would die nearly twice in, well, twice, in two days and have a social worker come to me with a personal directive and be like, you should fill this out. I probably would have been like, I decline this opportunity. Sounded like a good idea. I'm the heck out of here. See you never. And I would not have... uh, strengthened the grit and resilience that I didn't even know I had. Also inside that context, when you make a decision and adversity happens, notice what I did is I went to someone who was smarter than me, who had already walked the path, who also would believe that I could do it. Because here's the truth. If you're going to go and ask for insight and perspective perspective from someone who doesn't believe it's possible, you are literally talking to the wrong person. You're talking to the wrong person. If you're having someone shrink you, squash your dreams, tell you no, My word, what an error. What an error. There are authors who have won, I believe, Nobel Prizes, laureates, for their writing, who in university were told, I will pass you in this class if you promise to never write again. I will find out who that is. I'll put it in the notes. Um, But I was floored that this person was literally recognized for her writing afterwards, but spent 20 years not writing because of feedback that one person gave her that didn't speak into the possibility. And the truth is not, you're you're not for everyone. Not everyone's going to like you. Not everyone's going to like your decisions, like your goals, like your dreams, like your spouse, like your approach to health. And so what? So what? They don't have to live their life. They don't have to go to bed with you. You do. You do. And so letting them speak into you in a way that isn't helpful, you can say thank you for your feedback. You Like, thank you for your feedback. You can just take it and do nothing with it. You can just know it exists. It is not, there's nothing bad about knowing that that feedback exists when it takes you out of the game and takes you off the court and takes you away from that which you are 
called to, that which you are passionate for, that which you have a natural proclivity for that lights you up, like you, you don't have to listen. So take a deep breath, find yourself just for a minute and ask yourself, what is an idea that I have wanted to take action on that I simply haven't yet? And if I was to take action on that idea, what is something I would do? If I was to make a decision to pursue that idea, what would it feel like? How would I show up? What would be different? What would be my next guided step? What would I know to do? And just knowing that your journey is going to look different. It's not going to look the exact same as your mentors. It's not going to look the exact same as the neighbors. It's not going to look the exact same as generations before or after you. It is not. It is not. That is not how it works. As individual as your thumbprints are, is as in, as individual and unique as your journey will be. No one will ever have the same journey as you. And it is absolutely okay to not have your decisions understood. It is absolutely okay to ask for feedback on your decision. It's And it is absolutely okay to decide whose feedback you're willing to implement and not implement. So that is all for the today. Know that decisions change everything. And once you make a decision, literally things fall into place, things will move, and you will be so committed and resolved to get to the outcome that Nothing can stop you. You can stop you, but nothing can stop you. You are powerful beyond measure. I am thrilled that you've spent the last half an hour and a bit with me. Thank you so much for your time. I look forward to hearing your feedback, your suggestions, your guest ideas. Please DM them to me. You can find me on Instagram at Clarissa Dawn. You can email me at hello at clarissaparody.com and I would love to hear from you. Where do you want to be better? Thank you so much and have a great day.